Hey everybody, welcome to episode 127 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with Dave Picciuto. Hey, I'm in my house. Hey, I'm in my house. Hey! Crazy! Hey, hey we also have Jimmy. Where are you, Jimmy? I'm, I'm in my old house, you guys are both in your new houses. Yes. Yeah. How's, how's the old house? Congratulations. It's good. schools are Well, it's, it's, you know what? It is new in a way because now I'm like, now I can't leave because I have nowhere to go. So I'm here all the time now. Oh. I mean, I can't go. So to, you don't even have the apartment anymore? No, I do. I do. And I can go okay. down there and, you know, pretend that I used to have a shop in the neighborhood. But I, if I go down there, it's just computer work and staring at the walls of my apartment. Because I would go to my apartment and then be in my shop i'd be there all the time yeah, there's like nothing to do in new york city i mean just sit there and look at the wall hmm. if i collect garbage <laughs> off the street it has to go into my apartment now i can't just be dragged downstairs so huh. yeah it's a so are you keeping one. the apartment i will for now yeah for i will for while? now yeah and uh yeah we'll see it's a, a little complicated situation but it's um i'll see i'll see what happens play it out nice so you are Sweet. all done moving correct I'm um I'm technically not I have no reason to go back to that basement right now. There's some junk there, a couple of things that are mine that I could grab if I go back to the city and I see that the lock hasn't been changed, I'll go down there and get it. But no one's moving in there after me, so they're gonna just keep it for themselves. So I left some tables and if you notice one of the pictures I posted, I left a couple things in there for them. Just because they said they'll use it for as a super room or whatever, but they are not gonna rent it to anybody else. And I'm friendly with the landlords. I'm on the board of directors for the building and everything. For that building and my building. It's the same network of buildings. And so it's not like I'm completely out of that world. I'll still be involved in that world, but I have no reason to be in that basement anymore. I'm done. Now I'm upstate. I love my new shop. It's amazing. And I already started building my other new shop, the one that I bragged about for so long. I'm actually finally doing it. Really? Oh, wait, I haven't heard this. Yeah, no, I broke ground and I just started uh, We we're clearing the land. Hopefully my... My uh, tractor guy can come in and level the land, and, and we're going to have Kyle's going to come and set the foundation posts, and hopefully within the next week, week and a half. And it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting That's slowly, awesome. but now, now it doesn't have to happen at once. It's not like he's going to be here and build the whole thing. So we're going to set the post. He's going to go back to Chicago and then, or Illinois and take some time and come back, schedule another time to do the rest of the stuff and have the materials delivered. So in the past, we thought we would do it all in one. 10 or 15 day period but now we're going to break it up into parts because he has a busy schedule and i don't have the need to have it done immediately since i have the warehouse now the rented warehouse so it's exciting moving everything's moving forward slowly and incrementally yeah it's exciting that's great yep. bob you're part of the midwest now right i suppose so <laughs> i'm not really sure where that starts and ends but yeah i'm definitely further north than i was that's for sure yeah, we uh, brought the big truck up, and man, it's been like a whirlwind for me because it's right back from VidCon, packing up everything, um, you know, which took several days, and then driving two days to get here, unpacking everything. My ki- as soon as we got here, all my kids went directly to my parents' house to spend the week with them so we could actually get stuff done. So, like, we dropped them off and just started unpacking and then started painting and started renovating and started, you know, so it's been like up to... 2 or 3 a.m. every night Wow! working. Mm. Yesterday, uh, my wife took the kids and my good friend who came with us. They all left to go back down to Savannah. And so they're going to be down there for a while. I'm going to be up here for two weeks working. And then we're going to meet back and do the final load of stuff. But, man, it's just been nonstop. Can I ask what the first project is going to be in the new place? The first video project. 
Ooh, well, um, so I've already finished renovating, well, not quite finished, but almost finished the upstairs room. It's like a bonus room, the attic, converted attic space, and that's where all three of our boys are going to have their room. It's a good size area. And so this past week, we uh, repainted the walls, repainted the ceiling, put down hardwood floors up there, um, changed out the light fixtures and put in two new ceiling fans. When I say it like that, it doesn't sound like a lot of work. No, Man, it, it was a lot of work. If you just said like putting a in a floor, I would, all of a sudden yeah. my knees hurt when you're saying that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we, you know, like I had to take out the door frame up there to go to the bathroom to flip it around so the door swings out. And then we've got a crew coming in to actually do the bathroom just because I need it done faster than I could do it. And just so, cause the boys need a bathroom. So that's going to be the first thing I shot a video of all of that. And we're going to do a new home series about some of the renovation stuff. And I'm trying to do it in a little bit different style and give it a different feel. It's shot a little bit different. So I like to renovate stuff. <laughs> I like to remake stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's going to take a little bit to play with that. But that's the first, I think, video that will come out of the house. Nice. It's not even in the shop. It's just, like, in the house. <laughs> but So you're in your new place. I am, in, I am in my new place. I'm in my new office. This is um, – you guys can see it. You, you too, but the listeners cannot. This is kind of like the odd room in the house. We have, like, 70s mahogany wall paneling and, like, 70s carpet in here and – I can't wait to just pull everything out and redo the office, but it's a it's a low priority right now. The rest of the house is, you know, in, in fairly good shape, fixing up things here and there. And starting tomorrow, we work on building the new shop. So it's a garage there currently, and there's some cabinets that we got to tear down, and then we're pulling all the walls down, all the drywall, and redoing the electrical. And then we're going to put up new walls and do uh, a ceiling. We're going to, um, I think I've talked about it either here or to my Patreon folks. I can't remember, but my garage door, I was, I was talking about removing and then adding a couple swing out doors, but that's not going to be the case. I think we're just going to retrack it. So it goes up above the ceiling mm -hmm. and I'm going to build a wall like three feet right behind the garage door which is just going to be storage so you won't even be able to access that storage from inside the garage you'll have to open up the garage door and there's going to be lumber storage in there and some various other things uh -huh. and um and when you when you it's going to have a drop ceiling and uh that's going to allow me to do um change up lighting if i need to in the future add speakers add hvac vents or whatever and it's gonna have a it's gonna have a, a a studio office feeling more than a shop feeling, and I'm super excited, and I'm super nervous, and I'm hmm. super overwhelmed with with everything that's that's going on. What are you nervous about? That I'm doing the right thing. I have a I have a very specific vision in mind. I I know what I, I know what I want it to be. I'm nervous about getting it all done in a timely fashion because our old house is not up for market yet. So that's where my shop is still at. If, um, if the old house sells right away, that's, that's a great thing. That's what we want to happen, but that's going to cause a little bit of issue on my shop because I'm going to have to film videos somewhere. And, um, I don't know. Parking lots. Parking <clears throat> lot. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're making a bandsaw box in a parking lot. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't, it's I'm nervous because I'm I'm doing a lot. I have a I have a friend of ours who who's a awesome, amazing home builder here in, in the area, and he's kind of. Uh, helping me out with the, like the project management, making sure everything is done right structurally, it's right, and it's going to look fine. But I'm, I think I'm actually going to be doing a lot of this by hand, by myself. Mm-hmm. And this is not something I'm, I've done before. And I'm just nervous that I'm going to slow it down because of my lack of knowledge and experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is tough. Like I think about a lot of the things I would like to do here. It's the same kind of thing. Like I technically could redo an entire bathroom myself. Hmm. Yeah, I can figure it out. It's going to take a really long time, and you kind of got to have a place to go to the bathroom. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel you on that. But you know, at the same time, there's a lot of people who have those skills that are just willing to like share information and and kind of guide you in the right direction. So absolutely. You know. Yeah. I mean, I know like one of our Patreon supporters which that's a fantastic segue that I didn't plan. But one of our Patreon supporters mm-hmm. actually gave me a bunch of insight about how to put in a fireplace in this new house. We were talking to him one time, and I was like, oh, wait, you're a contractor. I have a question for you. Gave me all the information I needed. It was awesome. Um, and since I mentioned Patreon, <laughs> uh, we're going to flip up the, the schedule here, the order of things. Uh, we got to thank our Patreon supporters. Especially make build modify, make build modify. Who was the person, Justin, who gave me that information? He's awesome. Uh, but also Evan and Caitlin, Jedediah Schultz, and Wise Old Dow. They're our top supporters. And the reason I wanted to flip it around and do that at the beginning is because before we hit record, we had a conversation about uh, providing some new stuff for Patreon supporters, all Patreon supporters. And I'm not going to say what that is yet. Because we want to make sure it works. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. But um, just know that we are trying to figure out ways to give back a little bit more and have some exclusive stuff for people who support us there because we're really grateful for that. So, you know, keep an ear out for that. Um, and we'll be posting about it and talking about it if it works out. So, yeah. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Just wanted to throw that in there. Um, so, when you move the shop, you what i'm just curious what will happen if you don't have everything done in your new shop and you have to move the old shop in is that going to like actually cause a problem for you or do you think it's just going to make everything take longer i think it's just going to make everything take longer there is the possibility of doing more actual parking lot jobs um and this house actually has two garages and i could use the car garage as a place to to work if i oh. need to so it won't yeah. actually um screw things up too much but I, I i will find my if if i really have to move everything out of the old house some of that's going to have to sit in my my shop garage and it's just going to get in the way so yeah i'll work around it it'll be fine it'll be fine i'm just i'm nervous for no reason yeah yeah i mean it is a lot you know moving there's just a lot of like stuff to take care of a lot of things to think about and it all kind of happens at one time it seems to all have to happen it, it does right then. and there was so many things that we didn't calculate uh as far as like expenses when moving i mean yeah. we paid oh there's so uh, many hidden costs when you move th- there's so many hidden costs when you move i mean you're you're uh you're we paid movers and all of a sudden we're like we're in here i'm like this storm door needs re- replaced right now we weren't counting on that but a new storm door is 260 bucks like but we want a new storm door right now and mm-hmm. you know and this thing needs to be fixed and this thing needs to be updated and when you get new 
internet. There's a service fee with that. You know, the installation fee and on all and all these things they just add up real quick. So moving is expensive. Yep. Yeah. Which is why I need to keep making videos. I can't. Well, I can't take a break. The problem I had is I, I was moving and passing on client work, passing on making videos as often, and all of a sudden. You know, the, the bank account's diminished and it's not being replenished as quickly as it's being diminished. And all of a sudden, you realize you just spent four months moving and hardly making anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I've spent that much. Yeah. You guys probably, well, I guess you guys will spend some time. Not not that much, but, you know, I had a lot of stuff to sift through. But it's it's just not easy. It's just a, it's just a huge energy time suck. And that's, mm. the you know, the one thing that, you know... Thank everybody for being patient with me on YouTube because all my analytics are down because I just haven't been produced. I actually had my YouTube meeting. Have you guys ever had the YouTube meeting where you, you speak to them and they just give you a little consult to tell you? And, mm-hmm. you know, I had that conversation and basically decided I need to make more content. So I'm going to try and just up the game now that I have no excuses. I'm in the shop. Everything's set. I got my, my table saw, which is the one thing that kind of always slowed me down. In between shops. Like if I was going to do a project I had in the last five months, I got to make sure I do it down in the city because I need the table saw. But now I'm good. good. Now everything's good and I'm slowly oh. getting everything in order. Speaking of table saw, mm-hmm. so we had the conversation about moving the saw stops, right? And like how to take it apart yep. and all that stuff. And you had to take your the top off yours. Yep. And you moved it, right? I took the whole top so, off, all the leaves and everything with the rails for the, you know, for the, for the fence and everything. Everything comes off with four bolts. Which is probably crazy heavy, right? It is, but that's a lot less work. If you, I, I was able to move it with two people, I mean, me and one other oh, person okay. were able to move it. I mean, it's about 130 pounds. Oh, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, so I measured mine and ended up being able to just roll it out the door, up onto the truck, into the truck, oh, wow. out of the truck, right into the shop. Didn't have to do anything. Oh, well, good for <laughs> you. So I, awesome. I needed to go up a set of skinny steps. That was my problem. Yeah. But without the whole, it's just four bolts in the middle leaf, which is, you know, the center slab of steel. Because when you buy a saw stop, it comes with that piece already in place and you add the leaves to it. And so I thought, well, if you get a saw stop, you get the the base with the piece in the middle already bolted on. Then you put on the two leaves and then you put on the rails for the front and the back. And then you got to take apart. And then you got the the leaf that is the wooden leaf that's all the way over to the the right side. And to take that all apart is, is tremendous pain in the butt. So you got to just take out the four bolts underneath the main and everything comes off with four bolts and it was able to work. It worked fine. So, hmm. but it is, it's all three slabs of steel and, and the leaf and you know, the rails. So it does, the weight does add up, but we were able to carry it with two people. Did you have any other tools you had to take apart? I know you had some that my were already lathe, my, my, my South Bend nine inch lathe, I took it completely apart. And once I took it off and I looked at the table, I was like, this table's a piece of junk. I just left the table there. I mean, it's it's like a desktop. It's like a desk that you would sit at. It's like a cheaply made desk. And when I bought the machine, it was on that desk. So now I'm going to make a whole new tabletop for it and everything for it. And so right now the machine is in pieces until the machine, the, the motor that spins the wheel and the lathe itself are disjointed from a table that doesn't exist. I didn't bring the table up. So I got to make that, which is something I need because it's holding up my ice pick production. So I have to make that. Because I use it for a very specific part. I could ultimately use my big machine, which is 200 feet away from me in the garage. But it's easier to do it on the small machine. So once I get that set up, I'll be able to move forward on those. But I have that in pieces right now. Everything else is pretty much together. 
I just have to organize my tabletops. I made the two big tables in a video recently, but then my side tables, which I like to use with drawers in them, I haven't finished those. So that's going to be probably within two weeks. So I have to make those tables and then the table that the lathe will sit on. Nice. But I, so everything's I'm, moving along for sure. I'm curious about something, and this is totally just, I'm just curious. If you had, do you have any specific shops, fictional or non-fictional, that you're modeling or have modeled part of your new shops after? Uh, that's funny. I'm trying to keep it reminiscent to the where, where it was in the city. So that... Really? Okay. Yeah. It's really not. It's... It's funny, David Welder always said, "Whenever you, when when you eventually have the space, we'll just tape out on the floor and we'll build the exact same shop, and then we can go to the <laughs> outer lands. Like the outer lands will be where the space occurs, but we'll have this tiny little confined tape on the floor, and everything will be jammed in it just like it was, just so you feel comfortable. Um, you know, it's like it's like a slowly building into the the world of broom. Um, we have cabinets and stuff, and we set up tables just like they were, so that anybody that's been in my shop or worked in my shop in the last two or three years, I'd be like, oh, where's the, the screwdriver drawer? It's under that table in the same configuration it was in the city. Where's my cabinet? It's over there in the corner. Everything in it is just like it was in the city. So there's probably about 40% of it that's just like it was. And the rest of it is all, it's such a big, it's just a big open room. So it's like, oh, where are the wrenches in that drawer right there? Where? And then Brett's going through a lot of the drawers and relabeling them and we're condensing. I left the table in the middle of the room, which had drawers on both sides. So everything that was in those drawers is with me up here. But there's plenty of other cabinet drawers that were empty and were condensing and just relabeling stuff. It took me a few minutes to find a crowbar the other day, but I found it. David, what about you? Do you have any like inspiration for the new, the look and the feel and the placement of the new one? Um, <laughs> this is kind of ridiculous. But yes, sort of like Don Draper's office in Mad Men. <laughs> In, in, in a way, okay. yeah. It's cool. Um, very clean uh, walls. So, I, I I know this sounds ridiculous, but anything like um, chest and and higher, I want I want absolutely clean. So I'm not having like a central dust collection system with with pipes running all over the place. I'm using the wall, uh, Rockler wall mounted dust collection, and I'm going to have three of them spread throughout the shop, and they actually sit on the floor, so you don't you don't see them. And um, the only thing above chest high you should see is like a the drill press, the the bandsaw, and there's not going to be any any cupboards or tools hanging on the wall since there's so um, the space is much bigger it's 600 and some square feet there's going to be basically counters built all the way around the perimeter and a half wall almost down the middle and there's going to be drawers like big drawers so all clamps will fit in one drawer they'll have a dedicated home all little tools will fit into a drawer and so when you walk in you it's not even going to look like a wood shop and this is this is the crazy hmm. vision I have in my head, but I want to walk into a place where I I feel inspired. I know my my vision isn't everybody else's, but this is how I I have a very specific look and feel when I walk into it. And yeah, I mean everybody gets inspired by different inputs. Right, so right. that's huh, that's really interesting. The reason I brought it up is because I you know I've been thinking about this shop specifically for the last I don't know year something as we've been talking about moving and i've always thought uh 
you know, like, what am I going to make it look like? How am I going to lay things out? What's the vibe going to be there? Since I have this basically blank slate to make it whatever I want. But I would always, when I was thinking through that, I would get to a point and go like, well, I don't know if I'm actually going to have that shop or not, so I just will stop thinking about it. And then now you have the last it. couple months, <laughs> after, yeah, the couple months when we start, finally decided we were going to do it, I'd start thinking down that path. And then I'd go, oh, we have too much other stuff to think about. I can't start planning that. And like now, I'm in the house. And I have no reason not to go down there and look around and be like, something goes right there. Mm-hmm. And this should look like that. And you, you know? haven't done that yet? I haven't done it yet. No, oh, wow. it's. Um, <laughs> so I thought you'd we, have a SketchUp we, model already done. I do. Well, I do have the SketchUp model. <laughs> <laughs> so we brought everything in and dumped it in the middle of the floor because we had the house to bring in too. So it was like, just get everything in the shop. And then uh, the other day, my friend who was here with us, um, we went down and pushed everything to the walls in every direction except for the table saw and the dust collector and bandsaw. They're the only things in the middle. And it got so much bigger just like by pushing everything out to the walls. And so that was the first time I kind of looked at it all, all of the space with all of my current stuff in it and could really get a feel for like how much extra, how much open space do I really want to have? How condensed do I want certain areas to be? Where do I want to break things up? I'm going to build like a couple of small rooms in the shop to have dedicated areas and stuff. But anyway, uh, a few weeks ago, I was thinking about this one day. And I kept, I love Iron Man. I love the idea of Iron Man. I love the movies. I love the, it's it's just like one of my favorite characters always has been. And there's always been part of me that's like, I would love to have his shop. I don't know if you guys have seen the movies because you're both not into that. You know, I I think I have Iron Man's plasma cutter. You know that, right? Yeah, I think you do. (laughs) I'll let you touch it. Oh, great. (laughs) But like, you know... uh, I could see, obviously, his tools are unrealistic and everything. I'm not saying I could have his shop. But just the vibe of this this shop that's both mechanical and super technical. is And there's, like, lots of automation built into it. And that's all stuff that I really like. And so when I think about the new shop, I think, like, that would be so cool to just go all in on, like, high-tech, make it slick, make it whatever. But then I know myself. And I know that I'm in a garage. I mean, I'm in a basement. That's like concrete walls and, you know, like I'm not, I'm not that guy fully. You could do like a Wallace and Gromit, like when you wake up the bed with like fries, eggs and you slide out, you slide into your pants and go through the floor into your shop. Colin Furs already did that. Oh, he did? Yeah, he made that bed. Oh no, I gotta take a look. (laughs) But anyway, so I know myself too well to know that it won't actually be, you know, anywhere close to that. And I don't want to go that way. I think I'm more of a Doc Brown from Back to the Future shop and so i was on twitter i was asking people like or i was just saying i can't decide how my shop's going to be it's either going to be tony stark's or doc brown's or something in the middle and i think that would be a really funny mashup to have as the inspiration for the shop (laughs) (laughs) can i can i talk a little bit about how i'm completely nerdy now on my on my shop yeah. A couple weeks ago, I think I mentioned that you know I'm I'm going to use Illustrator and map out all the tools and stuff, and so I can see where everything is going to go. And so I've I've drawn up the the floor plan in Illustrator. I've drawn up where I think all the counters will go and the benches, and I've measured all my tools and I've scaled them down, and so I can move them around. But my electrician, when he comes in to do all the stuff, he wants to know. Um, where all the lights are going to go and where uh, if we're doing a half wall down the middle 
um, we have to dig a little trench in the concrete for a wire to go through. And so in my Illustrator file, I have, I have the floor plan layer. Then the layer above that is all the tools. Then the layer above that is counters and bench tops. And then the layer above that is the actual uh, drop ceiling uh, lighting acoustic plan. tile. Yeah, the lighting the mm. lighting plan. So you can mm-hmm. see all the all the different tiles and where the lights are going to go, and that's going to help him with the with the wiring when it comes time for that. I'm so, I will share all that when when that file is done and complete. And mm. um, but yeah, completely nerding out about it, and I love it. It's fun. It's fun for me to. The planning stage is is so much fun. I have a feeling. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Bob, but in in music, have you ever like you wanted to get the right setup? You wanted this MIDI controller and this interface and the speakers here, and you get your studio all set up, and it's it's where you want it to be, and then you don't make any music because you just admire yeah. the the thing that you you made. The fun was in the planning. Yeah, I've had a lot of things like that throughout my life where I really want to go through the process of preparing something. But then when you get to that point, when once it's prepared, it's like that was the project rather than the thing <laughs> that you'll use that preparation for, you know? Mm-hmm. Music is one of those for sure. Um, and I think the shop, in the past, my shop has been that a little bit to a degree, but now it's something I use all the time, so. Um, well, it's funny. When, once I got my shop full of all the junk and everything, and I knew I'd made my last trip from the city. I was like, okay, this is it. Stop making stuff. And the organization will slowly start to happen around me. I, I really, I want to plan and I want to, but there's like, I'm literally divided down the middle. Half of me is like, you should be planning. The other half of me is you should be working. So I'm working and working and working. And I'm like, oh, this should really be over there. So I shift it. And if it's not in a good spot, I move it like halfway through. So that's where I'm at now. I'm just like slowly shifting things around till they feel more natural and, and ergonomic for my flow. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned, um, I forget what the exact phrase was, but like wherever you throw the pizza down. Do you remember remember (laughs) that? I said, yeah, that usually becomes like the dinner table where you like sit around a box and have pizza. So Kelly heard that on the podcast and she's been (laughs) using that phrase over and over again as we try to figure out the layout of of our our kitchen and and our living room and everything. It's like wherever we throw the pizza down is that that spot yeah that's the coffee table that's funny. <laughs> yeah yeah well you know it's funny i my buddy my buddy doug gave me uh you know um saranin he's the architect that makes like the sexy mod table it's got like a, a base that comes up into like a really thin edge marble top table saranin aaron saranin i think his name is i might be saying it wrong well i have a saranin table which is thousands of dollars table and it's all the marble top and the edge comes to like a quarter inch but it tapers back down to like a like a one and a half inch thick piece of marble, and the base is Ooh. it's like a big, really super slim hourglass. It's totally something you'd see in uh, Mad Men. And my buddy gave it to me years ago, and it's been sitting around in the basement. And I, I'm like, I'm always I'm going to set that up one day. I finally set it up today, and we set it up just so we have a place to like sit and eat lunch. And <laughs> it's got an aluminum cast base and a marble top. Like I said, it's probably thousands of dollars. And because I moved it so many times, I had it in this big crate. And the, the tape, the top weighs like 70, 80 pounds, maybe 100 pounds. And so the edge has got little chips all over it from being rolled around, unfortunately. It, he gave it to me with a big chip in it, which is why he gave it to me. But there's a couple of more in it. So I set it up today finally. I got all the right screws. I had to go through the screw bin to get the screws to set it all up. And I palm sanded the whole sharp edge. And now we have this beautiful mod marble top table to sit at and have lunch, which I never would have had room for before. It sat in the basement for, for five years, just like stuffed in the corner. 
And now mm. I have room to have like a table dedicated to just sit and hang out at. Mm. Or in the past, like the table that was dedicated to sit and hang out at was also the table I built on, assembled on, cut on. It was that one table. So mm. it's nice. It's nice to have a room. It really gives you, it really gives me a lot of creative freedom. So here's another excellent segue. <clears throat> just pretend I didn't say that. So, I mean, having a table that is all in one is a pretty limiting factor, but that can cause some good stuff. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> right. exactly? That was, that was all right. I, I, I don't, let's talk about limitations. Oh, okay. <laughs> limiting. Lim- oh, all right. <laughs> ah, you see what he did there? I yeah, see. that was so smooth. Yeah. So smooth. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So today's topic is limitations. Um, what we think our limitations are, and possibly w- how we get around them or how we use them to our advantage. It's kind of a broad topic. But while we were brainstorming the topic before we started, Jimmy start was mentioned that fear was yeah. one of his limitations, and you don't show fear in your <clears throat> video. So I'm very curious on what you mean by that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll talk about, I talked about it for a second. You guys didn't realize I started clearing land in my property to put the building that I've been wanting to make for many years. And I sent my first payment, which was a big step for me to write that check and make the payment. And all the fear comes in, am I making the right decision? Is this the right thing? Am I going to waste my money? Am I going to run out of money in the process of building it? It, it? You know, everyone thinks I'm rich. I'm not rich. I'm just like a working class guy like everybody else, but I just get to have more fun in public. And so the fear factor comes in, am I making the right decision? Is this going to be a half-started con- construction site that never gets finished? Uh, and so when it comes to that little building, I know I've talked about it for so long, and I've talked about it to the point where I'm making myself annoyed about it, and I've confused everybody. They're like, hey, oh, you're done moving into the gas station? I'm like, no, that's a subject I should have never brought up. You know, so talking too much about a subject and that's that was my negotiating with myself about getting started on it and you know, like i felt like if i said it out loud that it would be real and then i get confronted with like how much it costs where the money goes all of a sudden you know i have this issue to pay for this month we have a plumbing issue that's a couple thousand dollars oh maybe this should wait and so fear comes in and it helps it fear comes in and it makes me stall when i get started when i get over that threshold and i begin to start to cut trees down to clear the area and we're really actually making the decision we have like three more trees to cut down and i'll have a big square cut out of the woods when you do my drone shot it's gonna look like a cookie cutter of square of trees gone and you know these are beautiful trees and i'm like should i be cutting this tree down there's nowhere else to put the building i gotta somebody wrote to me in my topic my vlog and like what are you cutting down trees for i said because the tree and a building can't occupy the same space And then Taylor comes in the back and she's like, oh, can we leave this tree? Can we leave this tree? I'm like, no, no, no. And then my guy comes in. He's like, oh, I'm going to clear this land. You got to get rid of these five other trees. I'm like, (laughs) he's like, I won't have enough room to level it. You got to get rid of that one, that one, that one. And it's like, ugh. And so now I feel like I'm ruining the forest. But it's it's recently, this is a little off topic. Recently, I had a guy come visit me who who, who was born in this house. And when we walked around the backyard, he's like, oh, there was a barn here when I was a little kid. He was born in 1939, so he's 77. He goes, oh, there used to be a barn here. This is where the tractor building was. I'm like, there's no evidence of any of these buildings at all. It's been 70 years. They're totally gone. So when I think I'm going to, like, screw up the landscape, 
But yeah, so that's that's me. There's a million things. I'm screwing the landscape up. I'm I'm biting off more than I could chew financially. I'm you know getting people involved in my life. I don't want to hurt or waste anybody's time. You know, so all these things come in, and then I'm like, you know what? People do this every day. Let me just get started, and everything will begin to fall into place if I just do the right thing, open and honest, keep things moving forward. So that's yeah. been my fear factor for that. It was a big fear factor to move too because. I, I, everything is set in place. I don't want to, it's like, I don't want to disturb the tomb. I don't want to like start kicking up dust and breaking the seal on King Tut's tomb, my basement. I don't want to open that up. I don't, I don't want to start digging into those crates and seeing things I forgot. Things, you know, they're there. I don't just like, don't kick up memories. Like it's crazy, but this is some of the things that, that go through my mind. I'm like that box, just don't touch it. Don't throw it away, but don't touch it. I don't want to know what's in it. You know, I went through a lot of that. It's so stupid and it's completely irrational, but these are just limitation fears that limit my growth. And, you know, I'm, I'm working my way around a lot of them. Hmm. That's interesting to hear. Uh, I mean, I had a, a decent amount of fear for entirely different reasons about moving. Um, it ended up for me being a, a balance thing where I had to like look at like what I was scared about. Well, to be less general. So, you know, we moved really far. So we moved away from where I've lived for 22 years. So we have tons of friends there that are like family. My wife has friends there. She's uh, from Florida. So she was only a couple hours from where she grew up and where all her family is. And so, you know, we're making this choice to move all the way away where the only people we know is my family, which is great. It's not like we're alone, but we don't have peers necessarily. We don't have friends we're not connected to community we don't have all the stuff that we you know have in savannah that's comfortable that makes it easy to be right and so the fear for me was well it's easy for me to move because it's where i'm from and i can like you guys i can be in a room by myself working for a week straight and be perfectly fine like i'm fine with that you know it's not a big deal uh, but that's not fair to my wife or my kids. Like they have to have community. They have to be plugged in and they have to have relationships. And I mean, I need that too. But for me to take them with me up here, like the fear for me was like, what if this doesn't work out for them? You know, what if, what if they don't get connected? Or what if we don't find a community that we can be a part of? Or what if it ends up all being about me and my work and what I want and where I am? You know, and there's just a lot more to consider than that. Um that's always and, a big you know, fear of mine. It's like I'm screwing, I'm going to be messing with somebody else's equilibrium and like, like getting yeah, people you're involved. Like dragging and, people with yeah, you. And I, and yeah, and I just want to make sure that they're comfortable and they're having a good time, regardless whether it's this endeavor to build this building or taking them on a dinner date or, like you said, dragging your family 10 yeah. states away. But see, the thing that I ended up with uh, was you know, there's a trade-off, right? So there's a, there's a trade-off of leaving behind family and friends. And that's the scary part. And the, the other, the flip side of that is that in this new place, we have the opportunity to, for our family to turn inward and to become more of a team. So instead of like being in a place where we're comfortable and everybody's going off and doing their things and the kids are over here and my wife's over here and I'm over here. And now we're in a place where we don't really know many people yet. We don't have any requirements. And so we can, you know, kind of back up together and get closer and go do adventures, the six of us. 
And so when I'm looking at like, yeah, we're going to lose a lot, but we also could gain stuff that could be way, way more beneficial for the kids and for my wife and I in the long run. And that's just a trade-off. Like that's a, it's a good way a to look I at it. To be willing to, to just take that leap. And so that, that's kind of the, the goal for all this. And I really, honestly, nobody believes me when I say this, but I honestly did not want to move here for the shop. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's really easy to be like yeah. If anybody uh, wants to join Patreon, you can hear the real reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shop. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, it, it would be easy for me to say yeah. Let's. That would make it easier for me to do work. But actually, staying in Savannah would make it easier for me to do work because it would be easier for me to build a team with people I already work with to have more creative resource there because there's tons of creative people that come in and out of that city and. I said, well, I can either like focus on the business and stay here and try to use that as a way to, to make, I like to make stuff bigger and more whatever, or we can go to Kentucky where it's going to be harder, but it's going to be better for my kids. And I was like, well, you know, I can't, I'm not going to live my kid's life around my business. So anyway, all of that to say, like there's fear wrapped up in all these different choices. Um, and for me, it was just a matter of like, Two scary things, which one's going to end up with the better potential outcome? Instead of looking at the potential, like the worst possible outcome, which one has the potential best outcome? Hmm. And go for that. So, Yeah, well, what if it, what if it all works out? As opposed to what if it yeah. doesn't work out? We, so we, that quote keeps ringing through my head in my life, and it came up on this podcast a few months back. Yeah. What if it does sure. work out? So what other what other limiting factors do we maybe not fear because that's not something we it's not in our own control. Mm-hmm. Contractors bathroom. No, my dad's uh, painting and he's hammering uh, a paint can shut. Sorry, oh, about that. I thought he was painting uh, with a hammer. I, I <laughs> kind of continuing on with the fear. I fear. I have a pro- I have a huge project list, and I there's a few projects on there that I fear because they are things I've never done before, and so I bought that sewing machine six months ago. I haven't turned it on yet. Even after I saw your video, Bob, I'm like, oh yeah, that looks easy. That that encouraged yeah. that that was very encouraging, and I thought I was going to dive into it right away. I still haven't done that. There are um, just and see okay. Let's let's take that one real quick. Yeah, can we take yeah. that real quick? That is something that you're scared of doing, but it works out perfectly because that is something if you dip your toes in it, you'll be able to make a project that won't have to be made in your shop and it will make the rest of your production, mm-hmm. you know, that puts you like a week ahead or whatever. Can I, can I so tell that's, you? That's, uh, go ahead. Uh, can I tell you why I am afraid to do it? It's, it's I don't have a way to calculate how long it's going to take me. And when I... And that really messes with my schedule because I every, every I do these things on these days and I do these things on these days. What if I mess up or what if I have to practice more to get that done? And then what if that throws the entire schedule? I think I'm just afraid of breaking my own schedule. And I, hey, Jimmy, what was that thing you said just a, a minute ago? What if everything goes right? What if everything yeah. goes right? Right. What if it takes you an afternoon to make an awesome project? Well, you make a killer video, and the video is about you potentially failing because you're going to take a first shot at it. And that's yeah. those are all good points. Those are all good points. Yeah. And, and then you call right, it, you call it Sony no. Machine Epic Fail. Right. <laughs> it's the name of the video, <laughs> or Epic Win. 
I love you. Good night. I'm gonna go. <laughs> go so. <laughs> I'm gonna go so. <sighs> See, I don't so want to. I don't want to have to make a, a video that's called "Building a Building Epic Fail." I don't want to have to do that. That's why I'm nervous. <laughs> that's not a great one yet. <laughs> that scares you just me made more that than video to get views. Uh, <laughs> epic fail. So well, I, I interrupted you, David. What were you? Saying? Um, I, I I actually don't know where I was where I was heading with it. I think I was I think I was going along the path where I was going to get to the point where I I had no idea how long it, that was going to take me. So I put that project off. And the video that we're shooting tomorrow is a thing that I'm pretty sure we can film the whole thing in like four hours. So I'm staying in my safe zone. And I feel like Ooh. right now it's okay for me to stay in my safe zone because there's so many things to do. Uh, outside of the outside of the shop and um i'm comfortable and i'm that's being comfortable is is definitely a, a limitation hmm yeah do you some people see being comfortable as a crutch do you see it as a crutch or as a goal uh, as as a crutch definitely because in my mind my business should never be just comfortable it should always be pushing forward it should always be thinking about moving ahead moving on to the next thing i i think we all want to be comfortable but at the same time we all don't want to be comfortable i i like the i like the the unknown and um comfort if you're i i i feel like if i got comfortable and i'm just doing the thing that's that's working then all of a sudden people are just going to lap me and they're they're going to be moving on to the next thing you know casey nice that when he stopped doing the vlogs a few months ago he said it got it got too easy he got too comfortable and he needed to step back and kind of reevaluate what the the vlog meant to him and and i don't want to get to that point does that hmm. make sense yeah, yeah. totally hmm. um well what other limitations do we have that we take advantage of. That we take advantage of. Um, you know, if I can speak for other people instead of myself, a lot of uh, I'll get people saying, uh, "You use the the laser cutter in your in your recent video." I don't have that machine, and I want to tell them that. You don't have to have the laser to do this. You could do this with a scroll saw. You could do this with a drill press. There's other ways about that. Maybe you can't do the exact same thing that I'm doing, but if you can find that creative way to get around that, you might find a more interesting way to do that. And I've been finding that I've been doing that all my life. It's like, oh, I didn't have this particular tool, so I found another way to do something. Oh, in that path. I found a creative way that I think nobody else has ever done, and now this is this is my thing, you know. So I'm trying to always use the limitations as a creative advantage for me. It reminds me of the video that I put up this week of the vice stand. I just put it up last night. In fact, I made this vice stand where I made like a, a disc of steel and I cut hammer holes for hammer rack, and I did it by hand because I came up with the idea. I had the plasma cutter sitting there in my new shop, so I was like, "Oh, let me just because a piece of steel I used to have in the city, I cut it and I cut it." I was done in 35, 40, 50 minutes. It took me under an hour. I made this project and it was done. And if I decided to do the CNC route, I would have to go to the computer. I would have to go plug in my machine, run air hoses. There's a lot of logistics involved with using the plasma cutter. Of course, it 
the path would cut in six minutes and I'd be done. But leading up to that six minutes would have been probably an hour's worth of prep time. And I said, you know what, let me just jump straight into it. And I cut a wooden path. I cut a wooden template. I thought I was going to use the template to cut against, but I decided not to. It, I talk about it in the Patreon version of the video. And, um, but everyone's like, you have that CNC machine. Why don't you use the CNC machine? And right in the description, I was like, I just jumped into this. It's just a shop tool. It's nothing complicated. It's going to get beat up. So I just made it this rough and ready little thing. But I don't understand. And then if I, so now I'm going to do one as a result of a lot of the comments. I'm going to make one on the CNC machine because I have enough vices. Everybody knows I have a lot of vices. So I'm going to make a perfect one. And then the comments are all going to be. I don't own a CNC machine. What do I do? How do I make one? <laughs> so I'm going to have both extremes just as a, as a, a troll experiment to see where it goes. But <laughs> I just put it up there. I'm like, oh, let's just see. And then every other, every other question is, why didn't you use a CNC machine? I don't understand. This looks so sloppy. <laughs> um, you know, can I tell you the, the, the thing that was, that was eating at me while I was watching your videos? My first thought was, oh, he has that CNC machine. Why isn't he using that and i'm like no because he doesn't want to and then i see you're you're cutting the template and because you 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 can't start the bandsaw in the middle of a piece right um like you just cut right through it you cut halfway through it and in my head i'm thinking now that circle's no longer perfect because the the curve (laughs) was just it was a a millisecond off (laughs) but you would never ever ever notice it you know, right. if, if, but I don't know. It's just, I cut, of, I was, but I did, I did cut it in a pie shape. I cut it kind of, you know, perpendicular to each other. So ah, the curve would made up, up for, for it in the 90 mm-hmm. degree per- perpendicular. No, I, in all reality, it's like <laughs> I said, math words, math words, <laughs> perpendicularity. <laughs> so I threw that template on the three eighths chunk of steel and I thought I was just going to go zip, 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 zip and whip around that template and be done in like as if it was a CNC. The thing was taking so long to burn through that three eighths. The the MDF was immediately going on fire, and uh, so halfway yeah. through the video, I was like, "Well, halfway through like the first or second cut, I was like, this isn't going to work." I just spray painted the template, moved the template out of the way, and just free cut it by hand. It looked better anyway, free cutting it. And mm. uh, the plasma cutter has its limitations too. That was you know almost half inch thick steel, which is about the limitations of the machine, and. Whatever, just a dumb little throwaway video. It's one of those things where if I didn't make the video, I was like, oh, I should have made a video of that. And so I did mm-hmm. it. And it's any one of my videos that starts getting negative comments and thumbs down usually starts garnishing a lot of views. So who knows? <laughs> I'll win in the end. I'm going to get 10 extra dollars next month. Nice. All you Yeah, trolls. I mean, like both of you, you know, talking about that, doing something and then people complaining about not having a CNC or some digital tool or some any tool. Um, it's interesting. I mean, that happens to everybody, no matter what you're using, because there's always somebody watching who doesn't have, you know, one of the same tools. And it's good and bad in that I've started kind of trying to pre-imagine what those comments are going to be. And in my voiceover, I've started like filling in like, oh, well, you know, you don't have to use a whatever for this. You could also use this. Um, And I think it's helpful but it also kind of makes me uncomfortable that I have to, that my, I don't have to do that, that I am doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That I'm like having to to almost justify my use of my tools. Why does it make you um, uncomfortable though? Uh, because I don't have to justify the use of the things that I own. 
you know? Good, good point. And I had somebody, a, a rather popular YouTuber, give me some flack about using something recently. And I was like, I don't have to justify what I use to you. Because they're mine, right? I mean, and like, we don't have to... There are a million ways to make a box. And everybody can make them different ways. And they're all valid ways to make it if it ends up being a box. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, we shouldn't have to justify those. I think, for me, that's more about my intention. If I feel like I'm having to do it so that I don't have to deal with the comments, that's not cool. But if it's like helpful to people to have an alternate way to do it, and I can get my mind thinking about it that way instead, um, then it's definitely a good thing to do. It's just a, it's probably a pride issue for me. The weird thing is, if you see somebody make a box and they're using they they hand cut the dovetails, there's no comments in there saying. I don't have a dovetail saw. How do you expect me to do this? Mm. <laughs> right? So there's there's definitely the issue of like some of the tools are are kind of expensive and we're Okay, f- so here this would be funny. I mean, it would be mean. Don't do this. But it, <laughs> <laughs> to go to like somebody who's doing a dove, a really fancy dovetail dovetail box or something and be like, "I only have a laser cutter. I can't make this." <laughs> or no, go up to the guy no, making dovetails. Don't do that. And say, "Yeah, let me see you do that with your feet." <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I think for me that's like it's it is a helpful thing for us to like throw out you know alternate ways to do it. Um but like I I guess my pride gets in the way when I feel like I have to do it. I I think when so I just did the um a video a calendar video and I used the laser cutter and there were um mostly good comments. There was a couple of people that like I'm getting tired of of you using these tools that um are out of most people's price ranges and it doesn't hurt me that i'm using it doesn't hurt my feelings that i'm using tools that other people don't have what i think gets at me is they are missing the point of the video like i'm trying to inspire you like you can do these creative things and i'm like did i did i not explain something the right way did i am i am i not getting my point across and so i I start questioning myself like how can i how can i inspire creativity better than what i'm doing yeah i mean i think you made a good point earlier though about you know people giving people an alternate way to come up with an idea forces them to be more creative and maybe like in that case you know your your goal is to inspire somebody to do something not necessarily to teach them an individual thing so you're you're getting to your goal by using the laser and getting the project done in the way that you want to do it and you know maybe their goal should be something different mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know how we translate that to people but encouraging people to take advantage of their limitations and work around them in whatever way they have possible I don't know how exactly we always do that, but I think that's like a good goal to have. I I uh, felt when I first started seeing people using CNCs, like up close and personal at Maker Fair, where I never had a chance to see one being used. I felt I was limited. I'm like, oh my god, these people are using all this digital technology, and and I'm just you know justifying using the bandsaw for everything and chisels and whatever else, and. You know, I, I thought I could cut out a letter perfectly, but I can't cut it out as perfectly as a computer. And I was like, so my limitations are my personal skill set here, but that gives me the ability to be sort of unlimited. Hmm. And when I saw a CNC machine for the first time, I didn't look at that and say, oh, I can't afford that. I can't afford that. I thought, <laughs> wow, how do I get my hands on one of those? Wait, I don't yeah. want one. I do want one. I don't want one. I do want one. That's really what my, that was what my brain was flip-flopping on. 
I'm like, if I get it, I'll never learn this technology. Oh my God. If I buy it, it'll be a waste of money. What if I do buy it and then yeah. I never use it? Which happened. I bought it. I didn't use it for six months. I was afraid of it. And, but seeing it up close and knowing like, wow, that would be an interesting path to learn on. That would be interesting. You know, I'm, I'm at this age now where I'm sort of like bridged into the old school. And now I'm in this opportunity to get inaugurated into the new school. And why limit myself to what I know? Why not expand into new things? And that all was wrapped up in every fear that I already talked about in the beginning of the show. But I was able to overcome it. And, you know, and, and every little stage of the game, like, for instance, now, Dave, I have your laser cutter. I put it on the table. I moved it to the side. I put it on the table. <laughs> then I moved it to the side. This morning I went in and I moved it. I was going to work on it all day yesterday and I didn't and I put it to the side. So uh, it's there. It's in my universe. I will definitely confront it. And you'll know when I stop bugging you. But <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded the software and everything. And uh, I, so, um, yeah, I have to unwrap that problem. In my in my own little bubble, I didn't even know that some of these tools exist, like a CNC plasma cutter or I didn't, you know, a few years ago, I didn't even know what a plasma cutter was, but I, I see videos like yours and I'm like, that's really cool. I'm not going to get one right now. I don't have any immediate plans to, to get one maybe someday in the future, but it's just cool for me to know that that thing exists right. and that's how to do a, a certain thing. You know, yep. I, I, I just draw inspiration from knowing that these things exist. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, so you said something about being unlimited, Jimmy, and I have kind of a weird thing with this topic of limitations because I know, David, you've said several times that you like to limit yourself because you think it forces you to be more creative. And I, from a logical standpoint, I totally get that. It makes sense to me. I don't actually feel that way, though. Um, I feel like being, like removing limits, uh, frees me up to be able to do the things that I actually want to do. Hmm. And I don't know if that's, um, that whole, those, that dichotomy there may be more about creativity than production. I don't know exactly, but point in case, case in point, like I, um, I think of, I have a bunch of projects that I would love to do that I physically don't have the capability to do. And it's not that I, it's like, there's no other way to do it. There's no other way to make a voice-activated robotic arm that hangs from the ceiling that does things in your shop except to do that. And there's only certain ways to do that, right? Um, so being limited by not having, you know, the electronics knowledge doesn't mean I can go, oh, well, I could also make that, you know, let me do it out of wood. I can make a robotic arm out of wood. No, you can't. You have to have a robot. So in, when I think of, like, those type of things, the limits that I want to get past are capability. You know, it's like if I have a tool that can get me closer to the project, I mean, I've noticed this about myself in general is that like the, the end goal is the thing that I really think about. Um, you know, but if I can get a tool that gets me closer to getting to that end goal, mm -hmm. then it seems totally worthwhile to me. Um, because my focus is not necessarily the process as much as the product. I think where I'm coming from when I talk about having too many options is just getting paralyzed by choice. Let's say you're a photographer and you have 50 lenses and you're going to go for a walk in the park and you want to take photos. 
and you take all 50 lenses. All of a sudden, you're 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 this person, mm-hmm. and you got bags, and you got choices, yeah. and you're not you're focusing. Yeah, you're not focusing on the composition. You're like, oh, I need this particular lens to capture this bird or this insect and this thing. And then you're switching lenses instead of just taking like that that one lens and limiting yourself and ca- forcing yourself to be creative with with your limitations. You know, that's True. that's where I was coming from and and being paralyzed by choice and and too many options. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I guess that's interesting too, because like in that example, I know it's just one example, but the that's a uh, that's an example of the choice of tools to capture uh, a piece of art, kind of right. Mm-hmm. So like the the purpose of that situation is to go out and find something really interesting that you see that you want to capture, and so the problem there is, or the potential problem is is being having so many choices that you never actually get out to take the picture. You never get to capture the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I guess the thing that I was thinking about, the way I was thinking about it is more like um, not having, I don't even know how to say this, not having the thing that you want to capture in mind already. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I have the things in mind that I want to capture. I have the product projects that I would love to do that are huge and long-term that I just can't, physically can't do. You know, um, and having all the tools in the world wouldn't necessarily get in the way of me getting those. It would actually probably get me closer to doing those. Anyway, I'm only pointing that out because the, that's an Iron interesting, Man. like two, ve- two very different, <laughs> yeah, exactly, two very different, like end goals. Talking about how limitations can like hurt one and help the other, um, they're just different. But yeah. I hadn't even thought through that until right now. It was probably really hard to understand what I was saying. But so. I'm no, of the mindset. I think it makes sense. I'm of the mindset that I want all the coolest tools available. I mean, I if I just keep <laughs> yeah. getting cool stuff and more expensive, cooler new things. You know, for Jim, product placement would be best. Jimmy, I see you like the goldfish in the aquarium. You were in a small little little bowl, but yeah. you couldn't grow anymore any bigger. Right. And now you're in this big pond. You can totally. grow as big as you want now. Absolutely, a definitely giant goldfish. Yeah. Yep. Nice. I can't wait. I can't wait to get. <laughs> big giant machines that i don't know how to do, use what, do you have a big giant machine that's like on your list uh now now i'm gonna amp my printing capabilities up with my printing press machines so now i need i need a paper chopper so that's oh. that's a big heavy machine and not necessarily expensive i mean i could probably get a you know a vintage paper chopper for a couple hundred bucks but that's something i'm in the market for now Just is this like the like when elementary school when they had like the board and the big blade that like was hinged on one side that's uh well that that is else. a paper chopper but one that would cut a ream so it's really more like do you ever see like oh, the pexco gotcha. like jump cutters for steel like you ever see those yeah. like in a shop class where you could jump you step on the treadle and it chops a piece of steel it's called the jump cutter uh it's like that but for paper similar configuration but slightly different so it, it comes down like this and cuts like maybe 500 sheets at once you know that's only about three or four inches thick of paper you can cut it all at one time with a big paper chopper. So, because I'm finding I want to amp up my my printing press stuff, and I'm finding that it's cheaper to buy pieces that need to be chopped into fours. So, for one price, I can get four pieces of paper. If I let them cut it, it costs everything just doubles in price. So, just you know, that's that. That was the latest conversation this week. Next week, it'll be something different. <laughs> You need a car lift in there soon too, right? Oh yeah, definitely. That's coming. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> awesome. No, there are guys, uh, there are drive-on car lifts that you know you don't need to install on the floor. So, oh, yeah. I'm waiting to start my sponsorship with the car lift company. Nice. <laughs> Everything I need, um, there'll be a video about. It. <laughs> you guys have any other thoughts on limitations? We're running long. No, just uh, I mean, my only thought is like you know, fear is a real thing, and. You know, yeah. my, my, my brother once said it to me at a moment we were having a conversation about, it's like somebody we knew had passed away, a young guy, and my brother says, damn, you live, you live one life, you might as well try and live it to the fullest. Who cares if you go mm-hmm. broke? And he said that to me, and it kind of struck me in a moment where I was like, whenever I am fear, in this context, is money, not failure of new technology, but in the context of money, I always think like, hmm, let me have what I, let me, let me do an educated guess to go for what I really want to go for instead of worrying about what's going to happen instead of failure, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but that little conversation yeah. with my brother always rings in my head. Yeah. It's like, cool. go for well, what, go for what you want because you might not be around too long. It's basically the seize the day. Yeah. Seize the day. Yeah. That's it. Nice. Um, well, have you guys been watching anything? I, I gotta be honest. I have not watched a YouTube video in like, three weeks <laughs> I, I, i'm gonna pull a bob this week i'm gonna oh. recommend a podcast that i haven't listened oh. to yet oh. <laughs> nice. but it's going to be awesome based on the first three episodes uh um bob in your in your music days do you remember a magazine called tape op no i don't it's it's a, it was a free magazine all you had to do was just sign up and then they sent you a magazine and it was um supported by uh ads and it was all about home recording or recording on a budget and it's been around for a long time the one of the editors is a viewer of my videos and actually sent me an email a while ago with a suggestion and i was like man somebody from tape op watches my videos well anyway they have a new podcast and it's called the tape op podcast and uh episode one is an interview with brian eno episode two is jack white episode three is steve albini and I am so looking forward wow. to all three of those interviews. And Some big hitters. Uh, yeah, right there. That, that's how you start a podcast right there. So wow. I will put that in the show notes. The only thing I've seen recently is NYCNC did a Fusion Friday on my ice pick. So I just want to promote that to thank John Saunders. Ooh. So NYCNC, Fusion Friday, last Friday, was my ice pick. He goes through how he makes it and all the different techniques in Fusion, how to replicate that image and he also talks, which is cool, he talks a little bit about like setting up the file so that another engineer could be involved with it and setting it up the right way so that they could break it down. So, hmm. Cool. Um, I did finish an audiobook, so I can recommend this. I'll do that. Um, called Run Program. And I recommended a book a long time ago called, oh, what was it called? Off to be the Wizard. And it's a it's a really fun fantasy kind of sci-fi, not sci-fi. It's fantasy, uh, and it's really silly and a lot of fun. But the same guy wrote this book about um, AI called Run Program, and I don't want to give anything away. But if you like the idea of artificial intelligence and like what it could or could not be, it's a pretty fun little. I don't want to give anything away, but it's like I can't say anything about it without giving something away. <laughs> But anyway, it's by Scott Meyer. It's called Run Program. It's good. All right. It's not not incredible. It's not going to change your life or anything, but it's a fun story. So, 
I have to go check that out. Um, okay, I guess that's it for this week, unless you guys got anything else. That's it. I got more that's packing it. to do. Oh, yeah. I have more painting to do. I have more organizing to do. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Later. One, four, three, everybody.